Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Hello everyone! I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in on your favorite streaming platform. I got a really cool exclusive interview with Bostel coming up in just a little bit. I had a really great time chatting with Jamie, Wayne, and Dennis about all things Bostel and the very cool things they have in the works for next year as well. You're going to really enjoy this interview, but before we get to all that, I'm going to feature... One of the latest songs by Bostel. This is A World Out of View. Check it out.
goes out of view Clouded by conspiracy the house that Bostel built, maybe, uh, <laughs> for a super cool full band interview with Bostel. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Hey, man, thanks for having us. What's up? Uh, before we jump into everything, let me introduce everyone here with me. We got, of course, we got Jamie on vocals and guitar. We have Wayne on drums and vocals, and we have Dennis on guitar and vocals. And Ryan it could not be here. He's at work. Ryan, correct. Thanks. Yeah, he's at work. Yeah, protecting and serving. That's right. Protecting the answer. <laughs> so, before we get into you talking about everything Bostel and music and life and philosophy and all that, <laughs> um, we'll start with a fun question. If you were trapped on a desert and you could only take one album to listen to, which one would you pick? Man. One album. That, that's hard. I, I wonder who came up with this. I wonder who came up with this question. One album. One album. I got it. I got mine. I know what it is. It's totally going to be Number of the Beast from Iron Maiden. Because that's because that's because that's that's what that's what that's what started me started me down the path. I, I would have said Injustice because that was what started me. You know, being a heavy metal drummer. But yeah, yeah absolutely, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden. Iowa by Slipknot, for sure, 100%. <laughs> Album that got me through a bunch of shit when I was a kid, 100%, with all the lyrics. Also, what definitely started me down the path of heavier music than, like, mainstream with their a verge on death metal, super fast drums and guitar riffs throughout the album, substantially heavier than their first album, or anything after that. <laughs> Still, to this day, it's their heaviest album, like, my favorite. I was literally listening to it earlier today <laughs> on the way here, nice. on the way to work. So, yeah, Iowa for sure. I'm going to say Rush Moving Pictures. Rush is just my favorite band. When I have a bad day, they take everything away and put me in a good mood. And that, al that and album. They're awesome. And they're awesome. And, and that album is very, very diverse for different moods and, uh, Different energies, sure. for sure. That, yeah. That's a very colorful album, for yeah. sure. It's killer. I was, I was going to guess you were going to pick Rush. Of <laughs> one album by Rush. Uh, see, seeing how your basement, uh, the posters on the basement and stuff. I'm a huge Rush fan. All right. So now, focusing on you guys, obviously I'm here with Bostel. Uh, so how did the band come together? Because I know this originally started with you recording uh, right in here in your house. Yeah. Some solo material. 
Yeah, you know, when things slowed down for bands, uh, I, had a, I had a lot of extra time. So I started diving in to learn how to record. Uh, I was actually making posts asking people where the best plugins were, and I learned everything by myself. I, I mean, people would tell me, oh, try this, try that. These are by far. Someone told me the Stephen Slate stuff was really good. So I got Stephen Slate stuff. I got Reaper. Um, I went ahead and got a Boss Katana amp, and I started to just record songs just out of pure enjoyment and just producing music, and I wanted to get better at it. And My goal was to get the stuff sounding just as good as stuff you hear on the radio, and I think uh, it's coming out that way pretty good. And then uh, Ryan's not here right now, but my buddy Ryan uh, retired from the military. He called me out of the blue. And he says, I'm coming back, man. I'm coming back to the area. I'm like, no way, really. Ryan played bass for me back in 1997. The guy is awesome, is he not? Very positive guy. Super talented. talented, Really really great to work with. Dude, he's just just awesome, man. As far as bass is good, he's just so awesome, man. He, He started working on the song six months before he moved here. You know? Because, uh, we talked about, I go, he goes, I want to play with you, man. I was like, well, I got the stuff I recorded. I said, do you think we can actually put a band together? Like, Because I did everything. I did the drums and everything. I'm like, are we going to find guys that want to do this stuff and help it grow? You know? And he goes, I think, he goes, I think it's good. I think we can find some people. Wasn't really looking too much. I, I had Ryan, I had Ryan, you know, when he came back and then my other band, Praise of Fallen, happened to be working with Wayne, recording um, our EP. And uh, that's how Wayne came into the picture. Wayne was, I've known Wayne a little bit, you know. Didn't really know him like I know. Nine years, yeah. We know each other better now, but we knew sure. of each other, you know. And I knew he was good, because I've seen him once. I walked into Cheers one time and seen him once. Saw his band on Quiet Eddie once. That's all it took, though, for me to know. You know, I just asked him, man. You know, before we had Josh Ortiz, Josh couldn't do it because he uh, lives in Bourbon and he's moving out here and stuff like. But he couldn't do it. But he told me to fill in anytime. But I was like, man, I want a permanent drummer. You know, so I just happened to ask Wayne. You know, and he's like, well, I want to see what the chemistry's like in that. You know, oh, I should go backwards though, because first we had Ryan. I met Dennis in Fort Wayne. He was in another band. You know him, out the box. Yeah, no, it's funny. Well, the first time I met Dennis, he was out the box. I went to the show. What was that at? Do you remember that bar? It was. It was a number. Whatever that bar was called. Avenue something. Maybe it was Avenue something or something. Something or other. I can't remember the exact name of it. Uh, they weren't working with a normal sound guy yeah. that night. It was a. Weird night for a show with Alistair Box and, you know, out of town for us. But it went well yeah, <laughs> for the most I went part. I met him there at least. I went out there to see them. Me and my buddy Robert went out to go check them out. And uh, they got done playing and stuff. And, and I watched him. I saw him out of everybody in the band playing. I had my eye on him. I'm like, that guy's good. I can see he's good. You know? And uh, what I liked about him is he was, he was, they're all nice guys. 
But he was super nice to me and super professional when he met me, when he introduced himself to me. He just came off, Dennis came off professional to me. And I remembered that. So when we put this, when Ryan and I, I was like, you know, I think I know a guitar player that isn't doing nothing right now. And I hit him up. So I had Ryan. I had him. And I won't go into the other guys' names that we, we had some guys we played with before. It didn't quite work there out. There were some lineup changes as we were trying to figure things out. Right. As usual. Only, right. you know, a couple other people that we attempted to work with, you know. Right. We had some other guys we were working with. Uh, they were driving all the way from Warsaw and stuff. And we were kind of wondering, like, I don't know if this is going to work, man. They're, they're kind of far away. We need to be close together, you know. Plus, you want friends to hang out and stuff like that, you know. Too. So, just so happened, long story short, Praise the Fallen was recording with Wayne. We were having some problems with these guys. I just thought, I'm going to ask Wayne, see if he's interested. I know he's a good drummer. You know, we don't, being a band like us, you know, we don't play out all the time, you know. So, I didn't think it would pull too much time away from him if he, if he liked the songs. Shift it here. He happened to like the songs, you know. He said, this is different. I go, Does, is that bad? Because he usually plays metal. You know, you know, for the most part, you know, and he's like, no, it's good. And he goes, I want to see what the chemistry's like. And, uh, and we get along great, man. And that's how, it, that's how we're here. Really. And, and, uh, for Wayne and Dennis, like, uh, what are your thoughts about joining the band? I think Jamie, he, he really, he really hit the nail on the head. It was something a little bit different. Have a, have a heavy metal project and a, and a, and a, an electronic, you know, rock project. and couple other things and this was this was man my stomach exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was all his stomach <laughs> they'll find a way they'll find a way they'll find a way to escape <laughs> don't let anyone know you're in there anyway um so anyway uh to make a long story long um i thought it was something completely different and um it's for anybody that actually actually knows me really well knows that uh I'm pretty eclectic, and I like a bunch of different kinds of things. It is different. It it with within the within the catalog itself, it it doesn't it doesn't sound. There's some variation, so it doesn't sound the same from start to finish. You know, you go to some to listen to some things, and you know, uh, all the songs sort of sound the same or whatever. So there's variation there, but in the fact that it is, um, it's just it's a rock and roll band, and it's. It's been a long time since I've really been involved with something that's just a rock and roll band, you know, and that's that's what what really turned me on about this. Yeah. So you guys both already basically covered a lot of it. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but there's um yeah. So the reason I joined specifically, well, I mean, other than Jamie asking me and not being involved currently in any project that was actually taking up time playing live or playing out or anything like that is really because i just love playing shows that was the main thing you know i miss playing live it's been a while you know wanted to get back to that although the music that i typically am into is a lot heavier a lot more technical like wayne knows <laughs> jamie knows too he's heard it but you know i love playing live and after joining the band for that motivation, pretty much, and then learning the songs and adding my own little touch with the leads, I, you know, the songs grow on you eventually. They are well-written songs in the first place with little touch-up and leads and, you know, Wayne's drums, things like that. Like, they start to feel pretty good to play. And that, make, that 
keeps you interested. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all here for. You know, we all, we all like each other. Yeah, that great feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but that that was the other thing too. Uh, we talked. To, uh, Jamie touched on the fact that chemistry and chemistry is super important for me because not only is it the fact of like how are we going to create together or not, but it's also that thing where you don't want to be with some other dudes that you just hate. And then you have to I've try heard to about go the, on stage uh, heard bands act about like it. you like each other. And so this... musical chemistry, but you can't. But human chemistry cannot be there. And yeah, and I don't just... And, and that's, that's a thing. So like I said, it was, it was really awesome being with Dennis and Jamie and Ryan. And it's, it's, like it's, been, it's been a really good experience for me. I don't know. You guys... I, I may be the odd man out where they're like, God, Wayne's here again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you've talked about before, you know, the interviews we've done about, uh, you know, not having the, you know, the brotherhood or the, yeah, you know, or liking people, you know, to to the yeah. extent. And I think with both bands, that, you know, with Praise of Fallen and with yep. Bostel, that you have a great uh, set of players, but also that uh, you guys get along very well. Or, le or at least you're faking it very well right now. <laughs> It's important. It's important to, to any to, to any band out there. It's in, that's important because you can jump into a band and, so, and get excited because the music's great, and everything, and then six months, like, God, I hate that guy. You know, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there quite a few times, but you know, it took about you know quite a few times for me to learn <laughs> too. You know, I'm willing to admit that. You know, so it was important to me. You know, when he said, "Let me show you our chemistry," I was like. What do you mean? You know, when he explained it, I'm like, yeah, I get it, dude. Totally get it. And we, we'll, we'll bullshit for an hour before we even get started in rehearsal. I mean, that's a sign. We, we get along. We just talk about everything. And, you know. Yeah, we actually like each other. Yeah, we care. We're not just Facebook friends. Yeah, we care about each other, too. Yeah. You know, we care about our brother Ryan right now. Absolutely. You know, he injured himself. He's uh Gotta go through some physical therapy, dislocate his thumb. He won't be at the show, uh, as far as I know, just the show Saturday. Uh, we do have some shows coming up. We'll talk about that, though. Yeah, I, I was gonna get into that, but I do hope, uh, hope speedy recovery and, uh, pretty quick for him, hopefully. And he gets some bad guys, man. Yeah. get hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his job. And those bad guys. All right. Yeah, they, they keep showing up. Do you think they would learn to follow the rules? <laughs> no, I did actually that that was where I was going to go with the live shows next so you kind of le led me in which is fantastic uh, so before I we really get into the upcoming live shows uh, Boston had the opportunity to open for otherwise I was like probably your first really big show as a band yeah. at the music factory uh, so how'd that come about and how was it performing with them um, they needed a band and I sent them the music and they liked it and I said yeah you're on <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good it's when you when you put out a good product. You know, it's, you usually get good shows like that. You know, it helps. <laughs> Dennis, how about for you performing uh, with Otherwise? Loved it, man. I'm, like I love every show, but no, playing with them was definitely good. Talking to them out back, you know, they're all cool dudes. But um, I know the Music Factory is a great venue. They have a great stage. And I can't say playing with otherwise, there was a little more room on the stage than the last time I was playing at the music venue where there was like one foot, period, on the stage <laughs> to stand. So, yeah, playing with them was better than the last time I was at Music Factory. So, I know, I see yeah, that. and it sounded great, too. All the live sound was good that night. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was a good night. I felt bad and got sick after the show. 
<laughs> yeah. Too much excitement. <laughs> Too much excitement. <laughs> yeah. Party till you puke. Exactly. And then once you puke, party some more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, to- Reset. Reset. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got to party. You got to party some more for you forget that you puked. Right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it was a great night overall. A lot of for sure. Feedback that night. Um, we hung out with the guys from Otherwise, and they liked us, and they told me they liked us, and there were a couple other people who thought we were good too. You know, that was our first show, you know, and uh, that was my first time also. We're also something Wayne has taught me, um, the difference with uh, Bostel compared to the other band I'm in. Um, we use some tracks on stuff. We're using loops and stuff like that. And that's why I also kind of wanted to do this. It's like, oh, this would be fun, something different compared to what I usually do, you know. And it is. I'm having a blast, you know, and Wayne got me into that because I was so anti-track. I was like, no, man, old school, you know, but he taught me like, you ever try tracks? I was like, and then when we did it and music, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And everybody said, everything sounded clean. That's what everybody said to me. They're like, you guys sounded so clean. I was like, huh? Okay. You know, I was going to say it's to the point now where it's become commonplace and the, and the taboo and the, and the stuff that reminds me, I'm an I'm old, so I'm an Advent kid. Yeah, and uh, I watched I watched analog give way to uh, digital, and it's it's not that dissimilar right now. Where you've got the 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 naysayers that say, you know, like whatever's going on. Yeah, so it's become commonplace with um with uh with modern production, where you know more and more and more people use sound effects. And, oh, my stomach again. Sound effects and food. <laughs> Sound effects and stuff and loops and drops and just all this crazy stuff. So um, it's it's really not that big of a deal anymore, I don't think. It's been commonplace, commonplace for a lot longer than people even realize. Every professional, every professional big band, stadium type band that you've seen since like the 80s has been doing it. You hear a, a guitar on a produced album, you're hearing like four parts maybe, sometimes a lot more parts. The only way to represent that live is to have some of those non-significant parts, like little accents and parts that you wouldn't really want to play live when you're playing the main part of the song. Have those done by tracks. Def Leppard, we know what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're not doing solos with tracks. I promise you that. It's little parts. Yeah, it's it's little parts. I would say, I will say, these guys taught me to be comfortable with it. You know, it's something new for me, and it's fun. I'm having fun with it. You know, I'm not so anti-track anymore. <laughs> so, uh, real quick for you, Jamie. So, is, is well, actually, I guess for everybody, um, is there a little bit of a transition going from just, you know, pure music, but now to including tracks with the music? Not really, because it's part of the music. I, when I recorded this stuff, and, you know, as before, you heard you. We did an interview a while back when it was just me doing it by myself. I put the loops and stuff in the recordings, so we're using a lot of the tracks that I put in live. What a band would basically have to do before to play live, like you have your recorded stuff, you know, which is embellished to the max, maybe, you know. Some people are complete purists, only record what they can play live, but a lot of people play a lot more than that, you know, especially in like modern productions and, you know, bigger things like that. So. How you would do that with a five-person band who can only play one person, who can each only play one instrument at a time, is pick and choose the parts you want to play live that best represent the song. 
So we play the main parts, and then we get to bring more parts with us. <laughs> There's you know? some ambience in the songs, like. Like some of the cleaner stuff, we make it spacey, and there's some ambient guitar stuff like that. And like I said, there's some some uh, hip hop drum beats going on in certain like in the middle of songs and stuff. There's right. Some, there's no and there's no right. and and for us like a, like you know I think I think a lot of it and I'm not going to say that that Jamie thought this, but I think a lot of times people that especially the purists have a propensity to think that when you say tracks, you mean Milli Vanilli. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that too. Sorry, Millie Honestly, and Millie. Um, at first, I thought that too. Yeah, and it, it, so like, it's, 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 like never, karaoke? It's, it's never a situation. <laughs> yeah, it's never a situation where foul play is involved. You know, Dennis isn't standing there mimicking playing. We you know? actually play. It, yeah, which what you which the people that are on the stage are actually playing their parts. Yeah, and just, then there's some augmentation there. There's just extra stuff for like adding some sounds, ambience right. to the songs, or that, right, just thicken it. You know? That dance drum part, for example, at right. the beginning of um, "World Out of You," yeah. that's a part that we can't really play live. It's an electronic drum kit. It's a rap kit. Like Wayne could play it. Right. I'm sure he could play it, it but sound is thick, it's not. Right. It's not in a. It's not an electronic drum kit. The whole point is to have that electronic rap kit sounding at the beginning of the song, and then kick in with the acoustic kit. So, yeah. perfect like example dance. of a place you'd want to run a yeah, backing track. Exactly, like a dance vibe. And then you got the groove, and uh, down the river, you got that beat that comes out of nowhere with just the spacey guitar. You got the spacey guitar, spacey guitar with that with that beat going too. This is a very right, odd configuration, so there's a that. lot of mic passing around. We have this microphone dance. We have this. We have this. We have this microphone dance going on, and it, yeah, it's, it's Jamie hasn't figured out all the dance routine yet. Chairs, <laughs> musical mics, musical mics for sure. Um, well, I, I I do interviews pretty much everywhere, and uh, most of the time, you know, it it works out well. Sometimes the odd configuration, but that's life. Uh, so for you guys, before I get into talking about the uh, the great upcoming shows you guys have. Um, What's your favorite song to perform live from Bostel? What's our favorite song? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm I'm really digging a world out of you. I'm really digging that song. Just uh I, I hit I hit with the hard questions when you don't expect it. <laughs> I'm proud of that guitar riff in that song. World out of you. Yeah, and the lyric the lyric content is very, very now, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, that that one is my one of my favorites. I'm torn because one one of one of the songs that I like um, the most is not necessarily my favorite song to play live. Uh, Vendetta is probably my favorite song to play live. Um, that's my favorite song, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite songs to play yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's different. And and uh, and inevitable is one of my favorite songs. Uh, from the Bostel catalog, yeah, inev inevitable. It sounds great, live. Yeah, and I asked him. It was funny. I asked him because the first couple shows we played and stuff, I said we were, we were preparing for, and I said we're we gonna play this inevitable song. We can if you want to. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, yeah, like it's really good, you know. I was surprised. And, you know, I thought, okay, we're probably gonna play all the heavy stuff. You know, I'm at Dennis. He's talking about Periphery. You know, I'm like, okay, he's not gonna like this song. And when he came to me, he's like, dude, my favorite song is Set a Fire. I'm like, 
really, it really, really shocked That's a me. Solid one. When he when he showed me that, I was like, really, wow, that I didn't expect that. You know, I've learned a lot more about Dennis. You know, I like that. You know, we're all pretty diverse. I like metal too. I'm between a couple of them, and for obvious reasons, leave this all behind for the tapping solos. Duh. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. And, <laughs> and um, shit. No. Inevitable. Inevitable. Yes, that's the one. The one that we just added to the thing. All right. So one thing I forgot to mention about the Music Factory is the solo for Inevitable that I played live. I finished mm, like two days before that show. Finished getting it like down, down. You know. Because it has a ridiculous alternate picking run that goes through seven strings, three note per string shapes, all the way up, you know, up and then back a little bit. Like, because I was like, I just want to put a crazy run in it. So I did. But yeah, so that one, because of that, you know, that solo in it. But also, it's, in my opinion, one of the better put together songs, like as far as verse structure and chorus and everything goes. It's a well, it's a good one. It's a well put together song. And like it. It really makes me happy these guys believe in what I've put together. It's pretty cool. It definitely is. And um, I didn't I, think I'd find that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how, how do you feel that these songs that you recorded here are now being performed live? Well, I, I know a lot of bands do it like this, you know, um, but I didn't know it would happen to me. That was I did it totally for something to do. And to be productive, you know, because shows were at a halt, you know, and, uh, you know, and then when Ryan came along, he said, dude, you should put a band together with, I'm like, really, man? I'm like, I don't want to go through the headache of finding people and it not working out. You know, I've had that happen. And that's why it's kind of like, well, I don't know. I might just stay in the bedroom here, dude, and just do it like this. Nobody, you know, you know what I mean? Nobody to argue with or no, but these guys came along and it just works, man. And uh, that I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. It's very exciting to take these songs from the bedroom to the stage. That sounds bad, don't it? That sounds dirty. That's the norm. <laughs> Matt's like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Try, I was trying to think of a good transition. I got nothing for that. <laughs> where, where, I, where I was going to go, because I, I don't know how you transition out of that anyway. <laughs> I'm not that good. I'm not. Um, uh, there's, who was the one late, late, late show host with the Irish accent? I forget his name. Can't think of his name. Either. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about it. Yeah, I don't know why I can't think of it anyway. He probably could. Uh, Craig Ferguson, there we go. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He probably. Irish last name. Yep. Exactly. We did it. We, we went from we went from, That's true. We went from taking two girls that hardly know each other but are interested in learning each other, you know, by kissing each other on the mouth, <laughs> to talking about Craig Ferguson. There we go. That's pretty slick, dude. Hey, I'm master of my craft. Depending on what day of the week it is. Uh. So, uh, for you guys, you got some great upcoming live shows. Obviously, you got opening for Small Town Titans coming up the midway. Uh, plus, you guys will be opening for Saving Able at the Eclectic Room on October 7th. Uh, what can people expect from a Bostel set? Well, there's also October 6th. We open for Texas Hippie Coalition. 
at the Holman Archery. I did not know that. Yep, we have that too. So we've got three silos. So you're not planning on coming to that show, then, huh? <laughs> it's news to me. Three solid national shows already in the books. You know, it's pretty cool. You know, to, to, to put the work in the way we've done, you know, it's just, you know, we're very grateful. To, to go along with that, uh, what, what are some bands that uh, you would like to perform with? Oh, man. Who would either compliment you really well or you're just big fans of? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> we want to open for all of them. With the Bostel band? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> a whole bunch of Our Lady Peace. Yeah, uh, that'd be Blue, cool. Blue October. Yes. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, maybe like a Morris. <laughs> yes. The Goo Goo Yes. Uh, Are they still around? They're yeah, coming. They're the Morris. They're coming what? To yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Bands that I think that people would go to Stone see. Temple Pilots. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots, like if we could if we could play with them somewhere, you know, like maybe in South Bend at Four Winds Field. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if baseball field. If they if they ever came. If they ever My came there. Yard, if they show up. <laughs> if they ever came there. Yeah. Uh, no, we literally well we we uh like I said, we are very grateful for any opportunity. Yeah. So Justin but, Bieber. Sure. Kid Leroy. We'll teach, we'll teach him how to rock. Keep rock. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. I'll bring up the fur coat for that show. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get a really big hat, too. Big hat and fur coat. Yep. Anyone. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, I, we don't pick country, of course, you know. I don't know. We, well, I had a great time with Otherwise. We opened for them again. Uh, Adrian and his brother, we hung out after the show. They were cool, you know. Um, yeah, I think we fit a little more some of the modern rock bands. That's what I was trying to do with the loops and stuff like that, get a little more modern. That was my idea. That's why I was like, if I'm going to do something outside of my norm, I need to make it somewhat different, you know, and that's why I was doing the ambience and the, the loops and stuff just for fun, you know. I wanted to do something different. So I, I think we fit some of the modern some of the modern rock bands. We could, we could open for Shinedown. We could open for... We could open for Alter Bridge. Do you hear me, Mark and Miles? There you go. Sure. Mammoth? I'll open for... Mammoth? Yes. Hell yeah. Do you hear me, Wolfgang? Yes. You hear us, Wolfgang. Yeah. I think you hear me knocking. I think I'm coming in, and I'm bringing a box of moon pies. You put us on a big stage with, you know, even with the tracks, and... Right. ...to come through, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think anybody, anybody that will stop us. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Animals as leaders. Okay. <laughs> and we need to go to and they're and they're ba- <laughs> and, and yeah, AL's fan fan base. Yeah, would go to the beer bar. Like, just go to the bar and get a beer. <laughs> yeah. Whenever this uh, whenever this intermission's over, we're gonna come back and watch the Animals as Leaders show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, anybody there would hate us for sure. We're not the same music at all. They're just. Someone I like. I don't know. As far as opening anyone, man, we want to play with literally everyone, as many people as we can. Yeah. Anywhere we can. I mean, that's the way I feel I mean, about it, at least. Small-town titans, and that is, they're not, like, as big as some of the bands who list, like, shine out and stuff. They're great, you know? And it's going to be a great show. And they're already saying it's almost a capacity with that band. And they're not as known as Sound Double Pilots, Breaking Benjamin, Alter Grace, Three Days Grace. Well, for any of those bands, for me, you know, I like a lot of commercially viable hard rock, you know. St. Ansonia, 
Seether, Corey, if you hear me out there, buddy, we'll open for you. Say Stone Sour. Seether, Stone, Stone Sour. Sour. Corey, the other Corey. Yeah, Corey Taylor. You know, slip now, we're not heavy enough. We'd probably get uh, tomatoes thrown at us. <laughs> we do it for Dennis and we get tomatoes. We can, do, we, can do, we can do a whole lot of stuff. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly took a lot of crap and we don't have to deal with that. Right. Because yeah, we, are, we are absolutely not going to make fun of them for wearing masks. No, it, I, they can wear masks all day long right. as far as I'm concerned. They can wear them until they're 70. We don't care. We don't care. No, no. not at all. Yeah, pretty much we'll be for anybody that rocks. You know, right? That's a good question. That's all, thank you for me. For me, for me, that question's almost like the like if I asked you what would you do if you won a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. That's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna need some of your coke in the in the freezer too. <laughs> well, you're actually the second person this season who said good question, so I really appreciate it. Oh yeah. Same. I, I see. I put some thought in these questions. I don't just say random things, even if it sounds like it. Going with you guys, um, there's a, there's a very wide like range for you guys. You have some very hard rocking songs, but then you also have some like you know kind of spacey, kind of like more on like the like the modern modern rock side that's not as heavy. So you guys can you're pretty you know um, fluid with who you can open with. You're not just like we're just hard rock, we're just metal. You know, you have a whole range that you could work with. Yeah. That's done purposely. Because we could open for a metal band, or we could open for a pop band. You know? You got If you're diverse, the more, the more diverse you are, say diverse. <laughs> the more diverse you are. It's the whiskey kicking in. Yeah. The more diverse you are, the more opportunities you're going to get. That's how I feel. You know, like they said earlier, Goo Goo Dolls, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't, open, for, we couldn't open for them playing Vendetta. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> you know, but we could play Inevitable and we could play Set of Fire, you know. So we have the lighter stuff, the textured stuff, you know, the ambient stuff that we could do with a band like that. But then we could also rock with Alter Bridge playing Vendetta and playing, you know, some of the heavier stuff, World Out of You. We could open for Shine Down, you know. Some of these, I'm not going to lie, some of these songs that I, I wrote with my ideas. I, I, I didn't, uh, I, I never steal from another band, but they inspire me. You know, I can say World Out of You is inspired by Shinedown. You know, it sounds like kind of, it could be a Shinedown song. You know, I've had people say Set of Fire sounds like Audio Slave. You know, I'm like, how are you going to lie? I was listening to Audio Slave the week I wrote it. You know, why not? You know, why not be influenced by your heroes? You know, yeah, there's a difference between being influenced and just ripping them off. There is a difference. Right. Yeah, that all happened during the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of 90s references here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody said sample. I, I feel a lot of the 90s rock, you know, it was raw, but a lot of the 90s bands, they were themselves. You know what I mean? When I say that, I mean, they were like, we're going to do what we want, you know, and a lot of those bands stood out and stood the test of time. Whereas to me, there's a lot of modern bands that sound the same. There's a lot of modern music that sounds the same, you know? And when I started this, I wanted to be, and my buddy Randy actually says, you guys kind of have a modern sound where you sound like what's in now, but you also got a 90s vibe too, kind of too. And I was like, that's not on purpose. It's just, you know, 
it's just writing from what we feel, you know, it's, we're just ourselves. When you put yourself into that, you know, it becomes unique. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I won't ever try to copy what somebody else did. I always just be myself, you know? And, and that's the point of making music too. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people just do it, you know, to, to sound very similar to a band who's famous and say, hey, you know, they're famous. We should be famous too. Instead of doing it because you like making music. There's a lot of people, they'll, see, they'll hear a song and be like, oh, I can do a song like that. And it'll sound just like that, you know? I didn't do that, you know, with this stuff. You know, I would hear stuff. Also, I know my limits too. You know, I'm not a shredder. I can't shred. This guy can shred, you know? Over here, we'll let him shred on something, you know? And that's another thing too. These guys are going to help me improve these songs and make them our songs. You know what I'm saying? I want to say that too. It's not just about me. It's about all of us together making these songs better. I want to make sure that the direction for the next release is more like Barely Man Enough. I mean, Barry, Barry Man Barely Man Yeah. <laughs> That's funny you call him that. I call him that too. <laughs> oh, Mandy. We're going to sound like a, we're going to sound like a Barry, Barry, Barely Man Enough, Barely Man Enough uh, tribute act. It's going to be awesome. No, it's, uh, yeah, Jamie hit the nail on the head. It's just keeping the diversity there. And uh, we intend to head into the studio um, here in a few weeks. And uh, we're start starting on the pre-production for um, our first release recorded together. Um, and with, with that thought is the whole, um, you know, sky's the limit. And now we've got four people, four, you know, uh, creative forces uh, together with this. Um, so it's... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting undertaking. I told these guys, you know, when they joined me, I wanted to make sure they knew that this was their band too, and that it's okay to change the songs up a little bit, not too much, so it's completely different. I've had that before, um, where it's Calypso. You know, it's it's gonna they're gonna improve. The songs are gonna improve, and we're gonna make them ours. We're already talking about, you know redoing world out of view and doing a change in it we'll tell you about it later but we got some ideas of how to make these songs better just because they started out the way they did doesn't mean that's how they're going to end up with this with us you know they'll still be they'll start out with ideas like just ideas in the bedroom but now that i've got these guys this is their band too and we're going to we're going to make it sound the way we all like together you know yeah, all the songs are good bass ideas. This is the way a lot of bands write songs, whether people realize it or not. They might think that everything is, you know, five people coming together and just organically jamming in a room, but usually... Those days are over. No, usually, those days have been over since the 60s. Like, usually it's one person that comes in with an idea and everything is written around or written around it, you know? And if that idea... If you have an idea in your head, these days you can put drums to it and bass to it, Right. And be like, here is what I actually am thinking of instead of just playing a guitar riff and be like, hey, can you do this on the drums? And hey, can you do this on the bass? Because that's the way it was a few years ago. Now we can actually get our ideas out in a real way. And that's like what these songs are in the original place. That's how a lot of songs are brought to the rest of their band. Then everyone else puts their personal spin on it. And Jamie's got good bass songs. Bases for the songs. He's great at making things sound good. Production skills. And I know lead. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, and I know lead, and 
how to add that to it. So it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a good mix. <laughs> I think. Well, I think you brought up an interesting point. Uh, then I, I have a, another question for you guys, but um, nowadays with technology, you can show somebody exactly how, like what is in your head. You can show yeah. them this is exactly how I want the song to go. Instead of going, I, I think it's going to sound something like this. Oh my God! There's a plugin from from a company based out of Nashville, Tennessee, whose name starts with a W and ends with an S. Um, no, you can literally hum hum the the tune, and it'll turn it into an instrument. I didn't know that. I want it to be a guitar. I want it to be a bass. So we just, yeah, we just, we just completely the the wheels are off the bus now. So you don't, you literally don't have to know how to play anything. And the other thing is, there's a there's a company uh, I won't mention their name either, um, but uh, they have these they have these MIDI chord packs now. Oh my! And so, like you literally, like literally, you buy these MIDI chord packs, and it's got you know twelve or fourteen variations of each chord progression, and then you can build your own from that. Like you don't, they've taken all of the musicianship the skill out of it, yeah. or, the, arguably the skill. And I, and I'm sitting here talking, and I'm like. I'm sure people probably think that, you know, I'm some old geezer for saying that, but, but it, it, it gets to be, it gets to be that crossing point of, of the thing that people argue about having backup tracks yeah. is how much of it's technology and how much of it is musicality, you know, if, and, and, and it's, and it's a sign of the times because if Bach were here, I'm sure he would kick all of our asses, right? But he, he might show up. You never know. <laughs> Bach would produce it to the max. You use the tools of your time to do what you can. Bach used entire orchestras to make the ideas come out of his head. So what's the difference in doing the same thing on our very own with production and a computer? You know. But I don't think he would have needed somebody to, to, to write chords for him that oh, he just oh plugs God. and plays. Right now, right <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. The MIDI chord pack, I'm sorry, but it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not even an instrument. They're literally, you're literally dropping in notes into a MIDI region for chord progressions that anyone can look up online. You want to know chord progressions? Just like learn how to read chord progressions. <laughs> it's much easier. You can come up with your own way eating man. There's many, many charts online where you can literally dial in your own notes. All those are sets of notes. Amen. You're literally paying for Amen. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there are people out there that uh, want to be musicians, but they don't want to be, they don't want to put the work into being musicians. So they go that route. That's the easy and, route. And I, tr I truly think that a lot of that is kind of what, what's gone on now. And I'm, and I'm not trying to dog out anybody. I see, I see the not face, I see the facelift that like Austin and Nashville both have now where these the the younger the younger generation and again i sound like an old geezer but the younger generation um this this next generation of, of musicians they show they show up for these showcases and they show up for these things and they have these tracks that are like polished and whatever and uh there was there was somebody that i was watching an interview with and they said that they were watching the showcase and they said where they went and bought all these tracks like where'd this all come from like no 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 they went home last night, wrote the song, put all the tracks together, and came back today with like a, a backup track so that they could perform to it. So you could, they, could, they could sell the idea better. And so some of, it, some of it's technology for the advancement and the greater good and something in a situation like that. It doesn't really bother me way less than when I hear things where it's like, well, I just hummed into this box and now I have, now I have a hit. 
Well, I don't know. Okay, going way in the weeds, but have you seen these bot generated songs? Oh yeah. AI AI generated songs are like they'll say 10, 10 plus hours of procedurally generated progressive metal, you know, and it'll be like literally metal pers- presented by AI. The dude runs through how he does his system and everything, how he prevent how he made it, mapped all the notes of the fretboard on there with common progressions and things like that. Picks like random algorithms put together like it's yeah, I mean, it's just the way your mind works when you're. I remember, songs. I remember seeing yeah. some. I remember it's, seeing it's some online about a Nirvana style accurate. song through AI. Right, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, I remember you can do it that. any style. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is what Kurt Cobain would sound like with do AI or whatever. I just saw this uh, last night. I didn't. I didn't look at all the details, but there. I forget which record label, but they have now signed an AI rapper. No, I to, you did. Oh. I didn't this. see any details. How did I miss this? I this was too good. This was too good to miss. I didn't hear any details about it. Right. Wow. It was while I was looking through, um, you know, the typical thing I do. A few hours in. Yeah, a few hours. It costs us nothing. Yeah. Wow. They finally figured out the answer. They don't have to pay anybody anything. Right. They just pocket all the loot. Yeah, exactly. The producers and the producers at the label have figured it out. They don't need to write songs anymore. <laughs> Do you even need to produce it? So guys like me don't even have a job anymore. <laughs> they Man. No one has to pay anybody. Man. Wow. Uh, be- before we get to you guys writing and performing, uh, right, right, you're going to the studio and writing, what's your thoughts on like AI music and like an AI rapper getting a record deal? I mean, anybody that knows me would know what my obvious answer would be. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. I, I, so it's just, it's just to me, and I'm, I'm going to end up, I'm going to end up killed in a car accident on the way home. But, um, <laughs> it positively. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I just can't. Uh, I, it, it continues to pave the way for more ridiculousness and all of the crazy things that 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 go on. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa said that uh somebody asked him they said we saw that you uh that you that you're that you're dabbling in Hollywood now and that you're you know you've got some things going on in Hollywood. And he said, "Yeah." They said, "So, you're going to going to start heading over to the to the recording, you know, business, the record business next because no, that's where the real crooks are." <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa said that. Wow, wow. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that's putting it putting it in perspective yeah so it's just the same thing i think about pretty much people faking their way through songs in logic or ableton or any other song and many other daw or anything like that it's music is an innately human thing we're like the only species that can even hear music the way that in people like the way that AIs even sound realistic at all is literally by adding in imperfections. Like that's how you you can't play a perfect same thing sound every time. Yeah, it can't. Yeah. It, it everything the same exact sound every time. Literally, try to make a simple on a drum machine. The reason old drum machines sound like shit is because there's no variation, no velocity variation, no yeah. control in it. Yeah. Like it, it sounds robotic. Now they've kind of gotten away it, with that, it, but you, still, like you, you took it from a direction that I wasn't even thinking originally. Like for me, like you're you're taking it from from an absolute you know perspective of of that angle. In my mind, the first thing I think of is is the label and 
if a, if a label signed an AI rapper, what are they thinking about? They don't have to pay anybody any anything, and that's where my oh, mind. That's goes exactly first, what is, they're thinking. Is the money the money aspect of it? And I'm not trying to be any kind of way, but yeah, that's, that's the first thing I think of. And I and I I, I first to say that I'm not too sure that they didn't think about that too. <laughs> no, they definitely oh, yeah. thought about that too. They 100 percent thought about that, and that's what they're thinking. And it definitely opens the door for more of that shit to go on in the future. That's what sucks about it. But do I think it's going to eventually take over the industry? Is it something that we should be scared of? No, because at the end of the day, people listen to music. There's always going to be purists and traditionalists, but at the end of the day, music is people like music because they like seeing people have fun. They like representing a feeling that they're having. And even if a machine can get really close to that, and do it in a pretty good way, they can't do it like a person can. A human will always be better. And who knows, machines, even if some machine AI comes up in some new crazy concept in music theory, we can learn it (laughs) and do it just as well and branch off on it. You can't... Machines think in numbers. Humans think in ridiculous ways. Emotions, that's what makes music... That's what makes music what it is. I think it takes the emotion away because each individual person has a different emotion. Each individual person has a different emotion or a different way of expressing themselves. That's why we have different artists and not everybody sounds the same. You know what I mean? So also at the same time, I think that takes away from the people that are actually working hard at the craft trying to do... Let's say being a rapper, they're trying, they're working hard at that. That's going to take you, that might be the easy way, but you're taking away from the people that are actually working, you know, on, you know, being a rapper or, or even a singer. There was a, there was, there was a record that came out in, uh, at the turn of the century, uh, from, from a Canadian band called Our Lady Peace. And it was a, it was a, it was a, a concept album adaptation of a book called Spiritual Machine. And it's so weird because, that that record talks about how all this comes to be and it's kind of scary there's a spot at the end where she's talking to ray kurzweil and she says that she was uh going to try and write she's going to try and write a song that only a mosh can understand because it's what humans are called moshes and uh, uh, that only moshes can understand because normally they write in, in tones and frequencies that are just too high for a mosh to be able to comprehend so you start thinking about that, and it's like, oh my god, this is this is paving the way. So, I, I my my two thoughts on it. I think Dennis uh, said it very well. Is um, humans can evolve. You can learn new skills. I was, Dennis, I uh, you didn't start out, you know, playing at the caliber that you're playing when you first started. A, you know, a, a machine might be able to do that, but then there's no evolution. There's no building off that. No growth. Yes. Uh, but also. If everything is AI, what happened to live shows? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. More like the human element. Yeah. Just interaction. We're missing that now with Facebook and everything, too. You know, human interaction. Just like we're sitting right here talking to each other, having a good time. We miss that when we're just talking to each other through Messenger. We need to take time out on a Friday night and hang out. Actual conversation. Right. So, yeah. I think we still need that. I think that's why the depression rate is sky high. Because I think that's why I think people feel alone. I think they feel more alone these days than ever before because there's no human interaction as much. It's really weird, too, because the impact has has bled over onto social interaction for simple things like dating. 
So, <laughs> you know, a, a, few, a few years ago, a, a few years ago, I was watching my son and, and watching the interaction that goes on with 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 dating. It's, you know, it's a pretty simple social interaction that we you would all, think. Yeah. yeah, you would think, right? And it's 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 not anymore. It's a thing. It's a it's a there's a whole ritual to it, and it's all tied to social media and all this craziness. And it's like. What happened to what happened to walk into the wherever and bump into somebody and ask her, "Hey, girl, what's in the basket?" You know, or whatever. It's you know, much more adventurous than just you know. I did meet my wife online, though. <laughs> I did meet her on uh, Plenty of Fish, <laughs> uh, but then you know, but she became my friend, and it became more. You know, yeah. So it might have started that way, but some people, if they're like checking a check mark, you know. You're not really going to get to know somebody unless you're with them, you know. Yes. You can go through all these rules and stuff, but you it's might sort of social ex experience. Yeah, man, you might be very close-minded if you know if you're just following all those check marks. Right. Yeah, man. You'll never know unless you spend time with that person. Right. Exactly. Now, before we get too much on a tangent, because I only have like an hour and a half on my on my. Uh, Battery life, anyway. Right. So you guys are going to hit in the studio soon, uh, recording an EP, I want to say. Uh, what can people expect from the music and, like, uh, the writing process? I know you guys touched on a little bit, but now since you guys are a full band, is that going to change the sound a little bit? I'm going to let Wayne say something. I think he's already got it in his head what this is going to sound like. <laughs> Judging by his face when, he, when I ask the question, I think he does. I always try and have a clear-cut idea of what I want the record to sound like before we even push record. And uh, looking, at, looking at what the material looks like, um, I, I think that people can just expect things to be eclectic, uh, as generic as that sounds. Um, but the truth of it is, um, is it, is it going to be punishing... Up front, pummeling drums, yes. Is it going to be big, loud, heavy-duty guitar? Absolutely, because I can't be in a band that doesn't have that. Yeah. But, uh, but, but uh, you know, the, the songwriting is there, and so the whole, the whole point to, um, to the soundscape is having something there that, that's going to be able to, uh, to celebrate the songwriting and to celebrate uh, the overall um, uh, presentation of, of how everything is going to be with Dennis's guitar playing and and Ryan's you know in the pocket spot on bass playing um, and I just want to make sure and, and showcase you know Jamie's you know, vocal ability so taking all that into consideration we've got a definite idea of what we want the sound to be like and then as far as the songwriting goes you know we're already looking at at uh, you know Jamie sort of brings the ideas and uh, we're we're basing things around that. But uh, addition, yeah, and ad and additionally, you know, looking at looking at some uh, some collaborative, looking at some collaborative writing yeah, as well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that that'll be that'll be the that'll be the major difference in this because obviously with with all the prior uh, Bostel catalog was you know, you know Jamie wrote the songs and so this will be the first go around where there's collaborative uh, writing involved in that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff ready to go that we can, but we're also going to write new stuff together as well. I'm excited about that too. I'm excited about all of it. Um, uh, the songs aren't going to change too much. You know, they're going to improve though. You know what I mean? Like, I can only do a, a drum fill a certain way the way I, you know, I use the program drums. I admit it. You know, they, they're, 
They're great. And a lot of people, you know, I get crap about it. Drum machines have no soul. Right. But they have no soul. It's true. They come close. Like Dennis said, a machine can come close, but it takes that human bounce, that human element. You know, on a snare drum, for instance, you can't get a roll, you know, programmed as well as a human can do a snare roll. Is that good? Yeah. I come close, you know, I, I try to make it because this was before even having the band. I was like, I got to make this sound as good as, as believable. Mainly. I mean, I could do, put some ridiculous drum fills in there. Like nobody would ever be able to play that. You know, we didn't have somebody say that you can never do that. Yeah, but that it is, would take three arms. That, that dude wasn't that good. <laughs> um, the fire builds. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Danny set a fire. We, we, you know, I won't say the guy's name, but he was like, it's impossible because you program the drums on that drum <laughs> fill. First time we played the song with Wayne, he, Wayne did you- Jess and I look at each other and go, finally, someone got it. <laughs> I don't see a third arm either. No, nope. Dennis and I, we looked at each other like, yeah, we knew the right guy could do it, you know, so I knew yeah. that. Just it's not a very hard part. Count the four over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> four, four timing. To expand on what Jamie said and what we were talking about earlier about adding two new members, will it sound different? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the songs won't sound different genre-wise or style-wise. They're going to sound the same. But right. just like Jamie was just saying, Jamie's not a drummer and Jamie's not a lead player. Jamie wrote right. the songs. I know my limits. So yeah. you're hearing solos that aren't written by a lead and drummers that aren't necessarily written by a drummer. So it's going to improve by people who have been doing those two exact parts their entire life. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to sound different. It's going to sound the same, but it's going to sound a lot, you know, more glued it together. It sounds same, different. Yeah. <laughs> same, different. same style. Same songs. Same choruses, the verses. You know, we might, we might change some parts up a little bit, add some more diversity. Maybe, you know, like, like World Out of View, we're talking about after the breakdown, quiet and doing a drum thump thing or something. You know, we're talking about, now that we're hearing these songs, like, oh man, I just thought of something we can do now that I actually, actually have a real drummer compared to, you're limited on what you can do, you know? And a lot of this stuff too, I, you know, I started doing this two years ago. You know, I was, you know, I didn't take it too far to where, you know, get ridiculous. I, I made it to where it was simple enough for the listener to listen to. But it was also easy, easy enough for me to put it together. I can't do no dream theater music in my bedroom studio. You know what I mean? With the program drums. Somebody can out there, I'm sure. But I can't, you know? So I did the best I could at what I could at getting my feelings out and writing these songs. And now it's up to us as musicians to improve the songs. But the, the soul of the song and the... Um, is that making sense? The soul of the song and the... the um, like the chorus, the hooks and everything, nothing's going to be taken away from that, you know? So, the yeah, the essence, yeah. you know? Definitely. And uh, I definitely, I look forward to seeing, like, you guys and me, now that you have uh, some really great players, you have a great band with you, uh, the way the songs, like, kind of uh, evolve a little bit, you know, uh-huh. not only, you know, performing it live, but if you do decide to, you know, um, re-record a few of them. Now I have that- a question for you. You saw us live already. I have. When, With Josh, but yeah. still, you saw, what'd you think of that? Because you heard the songs before seeing them on the stage. What'd you think? I liked, I liked hearing them live. Okay. Like, you know, I, I felt, it felt like it had like more soul to it. You know what I mean? You know, okay. That, you know, 
the, the, the studio was good, but it was cool to actually see Oh, yeah, them. it's hard to have yeah. soul for just hearing it, yeah. you know? But uh, I really liked uh, uh, Down the River, your vocals and Down the River Live. You nailed those. Like, it was good. <laughs> good, good. Now, I, and I, I did want to talk, because I, I talked to another, another band who has, like, um, you know, their name as the name of the band. And the biggest thing they said is... Oh, here we go. The people, if... They always look at the person whose like name on the band. So like Bostel, they're always going to think, you know, Bostel, and they're and they're going to get, you know, they might not know their name, but they're like, you know, that Bostel guy. Um, so what do you think having your name on it? It's weird for me. It really is, everybody. Um, the way this came about is we had a show. We didn't have a name yet, you know, and I was like, I'm going to put it up for vote. I put it up for vote on Facebook. And we had another day, another name was falling together and some other names I threw out there and everybody said, you should call it Bostel. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, that's weird. And he was like, that's a cool name. I'm like, when it's your last name, you're like, you don't think of it. I don't think think of it that way at all. It's like like Thomas. So for anybody out there who thinks it was about naming it about myself, that wasn't it at all. I put it up for vote and everybody said, that's cool. The majority ruled, and so we just went with it. And this was before Wayne joined it. Dennis was in it, and Ryan was in it. Ryan was like, dude, you should call it Bostel. I was like, really? What a coincidence. That's my last name. I'm like, (laughs) you know, next year we'll call it your your last name. (laughs) No, it's just... just, We're going to just change on everybody every year. Yeah, that's what I was going with. your last name. (laughs) Right. So I... That I know there are some people like, who is this guy calling this band after his last name? Who does he think he is? It's like, it, it wasn't like that at all. It was totally up for vote because I didn't know what to do. I was like, we had some guys, you know, like I said, these other guys, you know, I've heard, yeah. that they were like, we don't like that. And these guys were like, hey, man, I'm just happy to be playing part of it. My buddy Ryan, my close, my close friends that I've known for years. Like, dude, you should call it this. And I was like, really? That don't sound pompous or anything? I don't want to be like that. I want to come off like that. And they're like, they're like, put it up for vote. See what happens. So I put up for vote. And some of the promoters that I work with and stuff, I don't want to give out names, but some of the promoters that I work out with these venues and stuff, they told me, you should call it this. And I was like, I'm going to listen to the business. I'm going to listen to the industry. The industry is telling me I should do this, and I'm going to do it. Well, the, you know, you have outside for you know outside people, you know, not out, but um, people other than like you're, you know, it wasn't exactly your, you know direction you were thinking and considering right away. But you had a bunch of other people telling you you should do this. Yeah, it wasn't just you. No, I just put it up for vote, and the majority ruled. That's long story short. That's what it was. You know, I I, I just want to talk because I know we talked about that before uh, a few months ago with that and um i've caught i've caught some flack a little bit but you know small minds don't think global <laughs> and as uh as i'm wrapping up this interview i just got a few more things we got to touch on and then we're gonna we're gonna head out uh the biggest question that is on everybody's mind yeah yes, yeah yeah oh yeah david lee roth or sammy hagar <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Okay. Wayne, I, I don't know who came up with this question. So I love, good one. So I love, 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 love. I love Sammy Hagar. I love him to death. Um, I loved him in Montrose. I loved him by himself. 
And unfortunately for me, um, I, I'm going to have to go with David Lee Roth in Van Halen because the reason why is because Sammy was Sammy before he was with Van Halen. And I loved Sammy by himself. And then as soon as he was out, they did great things. The balance record was good. All the fans can kick me in the balls. That's fine. But 5150 was great. Some great stuff that they did together. But, but when he got out of Van Halen, it was like, oh, Sammy's back. And so that's, that's the way I look at that. Sammy's doing Van Halen song now. That sounds like Van Halen. It's an obvious answer. It's David, man. <laughs> the original. Is, I, he was he born in Indiana. Started. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's wild. But yeah, David Lee Roth. Uh, I'm also a DLR man myself. Oh, yeah? So, but no, I, I like your perspective on it, Wayne, because he, you know, he wasn't anyone before VH, but Sammy was. was. So I like that. It was awesome. I, I, I like that answer. He's still awesome. Yeah, it's like, yeah he's still awesome. He's, he's I mean, done... He was awesome. Yeah, didn't he start... He's, he's done pretty wonderful in his, life, in his own life, too. I was a big Sammy Hagar fan. Like, he listened to Sammy Hagar, so when I think of Sammy Hagar, I think of Sammy Hagar. Well, I get that Montrose record on vinyl. His, uh, Ooh, his book is on Audible. Dude, it's awesome. I think he just came out with some new music, too. Sammy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, The Circle. Yep. Oh, yeah. He... That dude's like what seventy and still rocking, dude. DLR, good dude. DLR looks a little rough nowadays, but but he's painting, so it's okay. You can only scissor kick it so many times. Yeah, I don't splits in the air so many yeah. times. Do your spandex rip, <laughs> or or something else, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, but as I wrap up this interview, so we already talked about you guys got some great shows with Texas Hippie Coalition, Saving Able coming up in October. Um, what are the plans for next year, twenty twenty three, for Bostel? Oh, we want to talk about the video. Yeah, world domination. World domination. <laughs> You're gonna colonize Mars. Yeah, sure. We'll play on Mars. <laughs> Solar, so yeah. We just, yeah. We'll just take all of it. The goal. Well, we we talked about this uh, last rehearsal, and we what we want to do is put on an EP every six months. We're talking about. You said you want to do a video. We're gonna drop. We're gonna drop a, a video and song uh, released um, once a month. Once a month. We're gonna be very active. I like that. Yeah, and we're going to play a lot of shows. You know, so Dennis is going to be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep Dennis happy. Yeah, I like playing shows a lot, too. Yeah. So the future is bright. That's what it looks like so far. Well, I you definitely know? look forward to seeing where you guys go from here. You got some killer stuff already lined up. Great shows. Working on new music. Uh, if anyone's interested, where can they find uh, Bostel the Band online? Bostella Not Fish. just you personally. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to me. <laughs> Bostellofficial.com. Uh, we're also in Reverb Nation, Bostell Official. I don't have Instagram yet or Twitter. I don't do the Twitter thing. Just a website and oh, Facebook too is Bostell Official. I'll, I'll drop those links in the description of this podcast as well. Please check out stream support. Give a like to Bostell. As I wrap, anything up, uh, wrap this up, uh, anyone... Got any final words they want to say? I just want to say thanks so much, Matt, for having us. It's been really, really awesome. We appreciate you very much. 
Yeah, I was going to say the same, same thing, man. Thanks for coming through. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for giving the chance to talk back to you. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. I had a great time hanging out with you guys. For Dennis Wayne and Jamie of Bostel, as always. Host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay, stay frosty. frosty. This guy knows. <laughs> I start getting the recording. Recorded a bunch of songs, wasn't even thinking about forming a band at all. Long story short, my buddy Ryan, I've known him since 1997. This is Ryan Cripe on bass over here. Yeah! Woo! He's in the military, he was gone. I don't know where you were at, Texas. I think it was Texas. Yeah, Yeah, he said, I'm moving back, dude. I want to play with you. I was like, well, I got these songs recorded, so. I got these guys, thankfully, they liked what we're doing, and I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. So a recording project, it went from a bedroom studio to the stage, so believe anything Ooh. can happen. That's all I got to say. Right. Mr. Dennis Kilton on lead guitar over here. <laughs> Wayne Russell on drums. Yeah! Again, I'm Jimmy Bostel. Yeah. We do have some vinyl over here. There's seven inch vinyl over here. Talk to Randy over here. We got a disc. We got vinyl over here. If you got a record player, we got vinyl. <laughs> record player? What's a record player? You got a record player, though. Or you can collect it and hang it on your wall. Or What's whatever. a record player? <laughs> we got one more song for you. And it's funny, my wife's not here tonight and she'd probably crack up, but I don't know how many women out there watch ID Channel. But this was inspired by ID Channel, that's all I'll say. This song's called Down the River. Body fell by the river. So take body that nobody knows. So they said, broken is what they said. But for trauma to the set